You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to the Captain's Coach Podcast. I am your host, Luke Poulos, and today my guest is Clay Vanderland. Clay is the baseball coach at St. Thomas University in Houston. This coming spring will be the program's first ever, so Clay has a unique position that most coaches will never have to experience. In our conversation, we discuss the challenges that are inherent in starting a program from scratch and how to instill a strong culture of leadership. We also discussed the importance of letting that culture develop organically, holding players accountable, and two of the best captains he has ever experienced firsthand. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and I hope you enjoy on another episode of the Captain's Coach Podcast. Hey, Coach. Thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate you taking some time out of your your busy schedule here on the road uh, and sitting down and talking to us at the Captain's Coach. Man, Luke, no problem, man. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we are talking before, you are actually at the coaching conference uh, in Nashville, so we really appreciate you taking some time. And, and as I mentioned in the intro, you've taken on the challenge of a brand-new first-year program at St. Thomas. Obviously has some built-in challenges, mm-hmm. uh, but I think the best place to start would be, you know, what are the fundamental values and principles that you preach as a coaching staff that you think really encourage leadership? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I think the first thing is, I think an important aspect to, you know, building a culture and, uh, and, and, and having your guys on the same page is making sure the coaching staff first is on the same page. Um, I think that's one of the most important things is, you know, making sure your coaches are talking the same language. You know, we don't want one guy, you know, sit, preaching one thing and another guy preaching another, then, uh, it, it, you know, from the player standpoint, it, it seems like there's fractions and in, in, uh, belief systems and cultural values. So, you know, the first thing we do when we come in, not only preach to the boys, but preach to the coaching staff is uh, we have a five pillar system. Um, our five pillars are number one process over result, you know, and, and that's is a, uh, you know, we, you, you can't, you can't eat a cow in one bite, right? You got to chunk right. it into little steaks. So, you know, that's kind of what we preach to the guys. You know, yes, we, we want to one day win a national championship. Yes, we want to win conference every year. But, you know, before that, it's got to be, hey, let's string together uh, a weekend series. Let's win a weekend series, you know. And then, hey, let's turn that into two. Let's, you know, let's have a good week of practice. Let's have a good batting practice, you know. So instead of just kind of trying to take the whole season on at one time, we preach process over result. Um, number two is humility. You know, nobody in this program, including myself, is, is bigger than this program. Um, you know, this program, although it's brand new, so usually other places I've been, I've said this program's been here a lot longer than you have, but obviously that's not true in our case. Um, but uh, in our case, you know, this program's going to be here a lot longer than us. Um, so we're, in the big scheme of things, we are insignificant. Um, so you've got to have some humility and appreciate the situation you're in. Um, number three is awareness, and it's awareness of how lucky we are to be where we are. You know, as a coaching staff, I'm, I'm extremely blessed to, to do what I love for a living. You know, I get to work with young men. I get to coach baseball. 
Um, it's such a privilege to, to do what I do for a living. And for the boys, you know, they get, to, they get to be college athletes. And there's a very small percentage of our population that gets to have that honor. So we make sure they know the situation they're in. Uh, number four is sacrifice. You know, if you're going to come on and take on those privileges and everything, you can't be a normal student. You know, you've got to, you can't sleep until noon every day and then walk into your 1230 class. You know, you're going to be up. You're going to have to sacrifice. That's parties you're going to have to miss. You know, girlfriends you're not going to see, all that good stuff. So um, we make sure that they know that, you know, with all the, the cool perks and everything that come with being a college student athlete and the experiences, you know, it, it's not something you just wake up and do every day. There's a lot of uh, intent and a lot of sacrifice behind it. Um, and number five is integrity. You know, that's a big thing for me. I've, uh, you know, I've been a part of programs where it was win at all costs, no matter what. And, and that's great. And that works for a lot of places. And uh, there's a lot of really good coaches that uh, have that type of program. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily. But uh, for us, you know, I don't want to say I'd rather lose with uh, good guys. That's not what I'm saying. But at the same time, I'd rather win with guys that go about doing things the right way. You know, that's, you know, if we go to, if we go to a restaurant, how do we treat the waiters? If we're in class, how do we treat the professors? You know, if we're walking around campus, how do we treat other students? If nobody's around, you know, do we do the right thing? Do we pick up that piece of trash and throw it in the trash can? Um, you know, ultimately my job here is to create future leaders and young and uh, future leaders and fathers and husbands and, uh, functional members of society. So if that's not a, a pillar of what we're trying to do, you know, we're, we're failing as coaches. So that's, those are kind of our five pillars. And, uh, you know, I, we put it, we make a binder for our players every year and that's the first page in that binder. And I make sure it's hanging up in our office and everybody knows it. That is, that's awesome coach. And, and, you know, a lot of what I just heard and what our listeners heard in me, it reflected a lot of how my coach approached all of those aspects as well at, at West Point. And I think, you know, right off the bat, you, you mentioned the most important thing is having a common message on your right. staff, making sure your staff's on the same page. And I think especially the situation that you're in, really trying to solidify who you are as a program, it is extremely important to have the consistency in that message. And then along with all those, those you're listed out, Values there. I, I think mm -hmm. all of those are, are fantastic. And one thing I'll say for any coaches out there, it, it doesn't matter necessarily which ones you pick. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it does, but it doesn't in terms of the impact it's going to have on your program and, and just having any that you find yourself that, that are authentic to you and what you want your program to be finding those and listing them out and, and preaching them on a daily basis and getting them ingrained into your culture that's really what's going to make the difference, not necessarily focusing on what each individual aspect is. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and another thing, too, is I think it's, it's important, too, that, you know, as coaches that we, we exemplify those, you know, those pillars as well. We, we go on a day-to-day -day basis. We approach our lives the same way because, you know, the boys are a lot smarter than we give them credit for sometimes. You know, they pick up on those things. You know, they, they know if, if you're not putting in the work that you should be putting in, if, you know, you're not where you should be in your personal relationships, you know, that stuff leaks over into the rest of the culture and the rest of the team. And, you know, that's why I always tell our coaches, man, it, it, we have to, we have to, you know, live what we preach. And, uh, you know, I, and one, my coaching staff's a fantastic group of guys and, and they, they do, they do this to a T. So, um, but I think, I think that's another important aspect too. You can't expect your players to do stuff that you're not willing to live up to. Yeah, exactly. And especially young athletes at the high school and college level 
and just younger people in general are so aware of inauthentic people and, yep. and when people are trying to be fake and just giving it lip service instead of actually living out what they're preaching. And it, and it is a huge turnoff. It was a actually a similar conversation that uh, a teammate of mine had on the show about how easy it is to sniff out someone who's being fake and how it's right. be so, so important to you as a leader, as a coach or as a captain, that if, if the image that you're trying to put out isn't who you actually are, it, it don't, don't do it. Just, just right. who you are. Don't try to fit yourself into a mold. Just be the person you are and lead right. that way. So I think that's right. a message that you're promoting to, to your team as well. Yeah, and I, and I think there's there's got to be a certain level of passion behind it too, and, right, and like exactly. you said, the the authenticity of it. And so, you know, um, you know, when when we hire coaches on, you know, I'm I'm fortunate. I work with a lot of guys now that, you know, I've played with in the past, whether it be pro ball and um, some other places, and you know, I, so I know the guys who they are in their hearts and who they are at their core and everything. So you know, every every coach on our staff is very authentic in the way they approach it. That's awesome. And um, obviously being the first year with the program and the mm -hmm. program being in its first year, I know we talked, you know, you had, you have 20 freshmen on the team and then uh, another mix of 18, some upperclassmen, but how did leadership potential factor into the recruiting process and how do you foresee it playing a role in your recruiting process as you move forward? Man, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, it was a, uh, it was a unique challenge. Um, you know, I, and, and I'll be very honest, I wasn't sure going into it, you know, you, you can recruit guys and, you know, try to read them out the best you can and, and try to pick the right fits and everything. But until you see guys together, you just don't know. And, uh, you know, it's easier when you have guys coming back because you know what kind of culture you're bringing back and you know what kind of leaders you have. So, yeah, when we went after, I, th I thought it was important. One of the first things I did recruiting was uh, going after some junior college guys, uh, guys that have been there and been around. Right. Um, because, you know, freshmen leading freshmen, let's, let's be real, you know, they're still, they're still kids and uh, you know, they, they need somebody that's been there that knows how to go about their business. And so, you know, that was one of the, my first priorities, you know, of course I, I need to, I need to get into that, that, that incoming freshman class and all that stuff. And that's, a, that's the lifeblood of recruiting. But at the same time, I thought my first few recruits I needed to go after had to be transfer guys. Um, right. and, and like you said, it's, it's a, there's a litmus test, litmus test of character, right? And, you know, sit down, you know, do, how, how do they speak to me on the phone? You know, are they prompt and returning text messages and phone calls, you know, cause that says a lot about a kid and his uh, responsibility and maturity factor. Um, so, you know, we, the group of guys that we have, um, the older guys are fantastic. Um, they are, they, they practice what they preach. They go about their business the right way. And it's a great example, but it, I'll tell you what, it wasn't without, some rocky beginnings in the fall. Um, you know, obviously baseball, we start in the spring. Um, so our fall, you know, we, we had to let go of a couple guys, um, a couple older guys. And, uh, you know, that's, it's unfortunate and you never want to do it, but, uh, especially with such a young program, you know, it's like a newborn baby, man. You can't, you can't let germs around the program. Right. And uh, we had some guys that I think during the recruiting process, uh, you know, some guys couldn't put on a good face and, and uh, be good actors. And when they get into when they get into the actual the heat of everything, you know, they they're different people. And uh, you know, it was such it was a weird experience for us this first year, um, not having returners, just because of the fact that we didn't know what our culture was going to look like. You know, you can preach what you want all all day, right? And you can tell the guys what you want this program to look like and everything. But 
ultimately it's going to come. The older guys are going to take it and make it their own. And that, I mean, that's just, that's the way it is on every, that's just yep. the natural flow of things. Yep. And uh, so I think the one thing that our coach and staff, we sat down and, and talked about at the beginning of the fall was we're going to set a direction. We're going to set an example, but we can't get overly involved too early. Mm-hmm. If we try to be puppeteers almost and try to manipulate them into how we want the team to look, it's not going to work. So there was, there were some internal struggles within the team at the very beginning, you know, guys trying to, you know, who's going to be the head, the, the, the top dog with the older guys and, the freshmen, you know, kind of almost saying like, you weren't here last year. You, how can you tell me what to do? That kind of deal. But we knew that was going to happen. Right. Um, so we had to step back and let them kind of work out the culture for themselves. And I'll tell you what, from day one to that last day of fall before the boys went on Christmas break, um, it's incredible to see the transformation of the team and the culture. And I'm really proud of what we have. Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear that it, it, it has worked out so far. And one thing I want to point out that you brought up was, you know, you did have to unfortunately eliminate some some bad apples from the group. But yeah, I think that's it shows that you are invested in the culture. And and I'm sure they right. were talented players that, you know, you, you might be able to use on the field. But at the end of the day, you, you can't let the end result on the field be the driver that crashes the culture. Absolutely. And it goes back to what you're saying at the beginning, you know, that's not winning at all costs is not, not your mentality and it shouldn't be the mentality of any coach or program out there because right. at the end of the day, your job is to make the best citizen, best father, best brother, best teammate possible. And that should be your, your main focus here. And I think that, you know, laying that out in the recruiting process, I think that 100% was the right thing to do going for the older guys as transfers rather than starting with the freshmen because they right. really are going to set the tone. And as much as, as freshmen coming in are going to say, hey, you have no more right to tell me what to do than, than I do since right. we've been here the same amount of time. I, I think, like you said, you really do just let those things work themselves out and naturally yep. that that course kind of takes takes itself. And Yeah. And before I let you respond to that, I'll, I no. just want to say it's good that you also let your, your coaching staff and you guys talk and said, hey, you know, we have to back off a little bit. I think sometimes right. too often coaches and, and program managers, they really stranglehold things. And, and, and as they see something slip, whereas you let it kind of fix itself, they just wrap their hands tighter and tighter and tighter around it until – there's nothing left that's that's real and it's just them directing the ship right and and you know and it's you know going back to letting some of those guys go you know that's 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 the hardest thing man especially yeah. as a as a college and you know high you know high school or college coaches you know professional ball is a different it's a business that's a different deal but right. you know because you know you you have to decide internally where do you draw the line between not you don't ever want to give up on a kid you know what i mean you right. you always your, your goal is to, to teach them life lessons and develop them. But at some point, you know, it's unfortunately for the greater good, yep. you know, it, I don't, I, I never believe a kid's a lost cause. That's never, that's never the case for me, but at some point for the greater good of the program, you, you have to do those kind of things. And that's, but that's part of being in a leadership position is you yep. have to make those tough decisions. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's always, it's always the hard part about being, yeah. is you are going to have to make hard decisions at some point, you know, you can, you can please some people all the time. And all the people some of the time, but you can't please everybody all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just that's just the, the inherent 
the inherent vice that comes with, with being a leader, you know, outside yeah. of those things, have you had any other big challenges in terms of the program development and, and maybe how you've overcome it? Well, you know, I would say again, just some of the unique opportunities with being new. Um, you know, we're, we're very fortunate at our university with our, uh, our administration. Um, they're very supportive of us. You know, we, they, they give us what we need and they, uh, you know, they back us on all our decisions, but you know, before we can, our new stadium won't be ready till year two. Um, you know, there's, we, we can't go to a, a regional and for a couple years because we're new to the NCAA, we're mm -hmm. a new program. You know, I, I think those challenges and the challenges put on my coaching staff to recruit the quality players that we know we can get and we should get without those resources yet. Cause they're just, right. we're so new, they're not available yet. That, that was, I think our, biggest challenge outside of you know building the team the culture and all that stuff um you know you know how you know it's like you sell a kid hey you know come to our school yet we don't have a field yet <laughs> we don't have a locker room yet we've never won a game yet you know it's like how, how do you go about doing that um and again you you have to sell them on a lot of the things that we're talking about you have to sell them on what your you have to sell them on your passion and what your vision is and the ability to for them to build a foundation that's going to affect generations of players to come that's something a lot bigger than themselves yeah and it's actually you know and i don't know how, how true it is but in my head i'm kind of thinking man that maybe kind of is an advantage in recruiting when you have those restrictions because then you're really getting guys that are really there for the right reasons absolutely there. A absolutely and, I, and i'm and obviously the you know the, the the cons definitely outweigh the pros in that in that scenario but you know, looking for the, the, the good, you know stuff what, I'll there. tell you what though, it, it, it's, it also helps you build a little bit of a, a little bit of a chip on your shoulder attitude as a program. Oh yeah. Kind of a, a us against the world type thing. And, and our boys have a, and they, I think they definitely feel that and they definitely have bought into that and kind of rolled with it too. And, and again, you know, it, to say this as well, they're also, the stadium is coming that, you know what I mean? It's not like it's going to be this way for the next, you know, 10 years. Right. Or right, like right. That. So, you know, it, it is, it's not, it wasn't a total, like, you know, we're never going to have these things, but, um, but still, you know, I think the boys kind of ran with that as far as we have a chip on our shoulder, we're going to, you know, us against the world and all that stuff. So it's uh, it, yeah, you're right. I think it kind of did play to our advantage a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and <laughs> like you said, there is the light at the end of the tunnel, so it's not. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, hanging over you. Did you uh, select captains this year? You know, we haven't done that yet. Um, yeah, again, uh, being a new program, uh, I, I wanted to see first how the fall kind of went. Um, you know, you have an idea of who you think those guys are going to be at the beginning, um, but you don't know. You know, you don't know until you see them interact with their teammates. You don't know what kind of leaders guys are until you see them, you know, at the ballpark every day and, and, yep. uh, how, and how they lead. Uh, but uh, what, I, what I do like to do and what I, I know we're going to do for our guys is when we get back, you know, it, the way I like to do it is – if you think somebody should be a captain, you come to me and you, you talk to me about it. And I want to see how many guys stand up for this guy. And it's not going to be a, we have to nominate three guys. We have to nominate one guy. We don't have to nominate anybody. Cause the guys, the guys know who they want to lead. And that, and it always happens. We talk about stuff happen organically and let the team, the team develop um, a culture by themselves with the coaches kind of being hands off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Guys will go to bat for other guys. If I say, if you think somebody should be a captain, and it's not a popularity contest, right? That's, that's, that's my biggest problem sometimes when, 
you know, I've been a part of programs where we vote, you know, hey, we need three captains, let's vote on these guys. Because it does, it becomes sometimes it becomes a popularity contest. And, uh, you know, that's not necessarily what a leader is, right? A leader is the guys, the, the other guys know who are going to do things the right way day in and day out. So that's kind of how we are going to go about our process. But no, we haven't selected them yet. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I completely understand that. I would have been surprised if you had, if you had yeah, right. right from the get go. Uh, when you, when you say you tell the guys, Hey, if you want to nominate someone, come mm -hmm. see me. Is that something that you put a window on like, Hey, over the next week, if there's someone you have in mind, or is this like a one afternoon thing or you, yeah, no, everybody? it's uh, a, yeah, so like everybody individually and say, Hey, is there anybody you think should be a captain? So we have, we have, uh, we have exit meetings and we have uh, intro meetings when we get back with the guys. Yep. Um, so, you know, kind of what we say is, Hey, if you have, if you have somebody that you want to put out there that you think should be a leader on the team and the captain come to that intro meeting with it. Gotcha. Um, but, and I, I, I want, I like to approach it almost like, you know, like everything we do, like if we, for example, if we have guys get in trouble in the classroom or something, they have to interview with me like a job interview to come back onto the baseball team. Right. You know, and, and so, you know, it's t so it's like, Hey, okay, look, we, we made this mistake mistake. Now we're teaching you a life skill of an interview process and what a high pressure situation. So it's the yeah. same thing with, with the, uh, it's the same thing with putting captains in place. All right. You think this person should be in a leader leadership position. Give me something tangible to look at. That is like a, a resume, almost a write up on this person and, and explain to me why you think they should be. You know, and so obviously it's a good way to pick a captain, but also, you know, it forces our guys to be in an, in an adult real world situation and make their case for something. Yeah. And I think it also will be a little bit of a, um, a, a pacer for you guys, a little check to see what guys are using as their criteria for, for choosing a captain and really Absolutely. Make sure that your message is heard. You know, at, yep. at West Point we voted, but you put your name at the top of the ballot and you mm vote for yourself you could vote for two guys three guys but our coach you know it, it was ingrained in our culture what we were looking for and before we voted we had a very very long discussion about who the people are that we want to lead our program and the cool thing that yeah. we, did, we had the seniors from the previous because we voted on captains at the very end of the season and the previous right. that year's outgoing seniors also got a vote as well that's fantastic. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, so that that was really good. And I think that was really key to the culture being maintained over time. And I think you the way you're doing it as well, it's pretty much the same thing. You know, you're getting someone's gonna have to back it up with their own name, back it up with real tangible evidence as to why this person deserves to be a captain. And it can't just be, oh, you know, Mike's my best friend. I'm gonna vote for Mike. Right. Because now coach knows who I am voting for. And I also have to explain why Mike's a good captain. Right. Well, and it's, you know, it's the same thing like in, you know, and, and the re one of the reasons why we do it that way, it's the same thing in life. Like, you know, if, uh, you know, you recommend, if you recommend a buddy for a job or, you know, if I recommend a, you know, a kid to a professional scout, I'm putting my name attached right, to exactly. you. Exactly. Yep. 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 And, and so that's, and that's why, that's why I like doing it the one-on-one -on -one way because, yeah. hey, look, you, you're, you're attaching your name to this kid. You're putting your neck out for this guy. You know, you, you, you better, you better believe he's the right fit. For sure, for sure. I think that's a great, a, a little little nuanced way of getting getting that done. For sure. Yeah. Actually, one of the uh, more unique ways that anybody's mentioned on this show. So, well, good. There, you can take that one home with you. There you go. <laughs> um, 
uh, you know, along with the captains, is there anything that you've done in the past with previous programs, special training or development programs that you have captains go through once they're selected? You know, uh, so one thing we do, um, I, I wouldn't say specifically for the captains, and, and I say that only because of the fact that, yes, we have captains, but my goal is to make all of our kids leaders, right. um, whether they're a captain or not. Um, so we, all of our guys, and again, I think it also goes with the same, staying on the same message, right? Staying on the same page. We're all, we're all doing the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, we, do, we do something called campus outreach. Um, it's, uh, at least at our program here in Houston, there's a Texas campus outreach. And uh, it's literally just all throughout the fall they come and they, and they preach to our guys um, leadership stuff. A lot of stuff like if you've ever read the book Energy Bus, which is an c- amazing book. Um, you know, a lot of stuff very similar to Energy Bus, talking about energy givers and ener- energy vampires. Um, a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, but they take them through exercises. They bring in speakers. Um, they bring in guys from the military, ex-pro baseball guys, ex-college athletes from other sports, um, CEOs, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's something that we try to do. It's a two day a week thing. And they also do dinners and lunches with them. And the whole time they're preaching, you know, leadership, 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 just ingrained in their head. That's awesome. You said that, that, that occurs two times a week. Yeah. So they do, they do, uh, they do like a two time a week meeting, um, during the day, obviously if there's a class conflict guys, you know, can't go, but, um, but at, uh, and then they do like a dinner every, every week as well. And they do lunches. Yeah. I wouldn't say every week, but most weeks. And is this for the entire athletics department or is this, or for anybody in general, or is this just something that the, the baseball team does? So it's, it's something right now that, that uh, I, the baseball and bas- men's basketball team does. And uh, since they're kind of new to our school, cause I kind of got, we got in touch with them when we got over there. Um, so some of the other, all the other sports are starting to pick up on those guys too. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's an awesome, awesome program. It is, man, and it's and it's huge. It's a huge resource for our guys because they give them literature and they give them, uh, you know, they you know they send them videos to go watch and literature to right. go watch, and our and our guys buy into it. Our guys love it, and uh, you know, it's kind of cool to hear because I always like to sit in on the meetings as well because look, I'm all, you know I'm always learning too, right? There's always a little nugget of something I can pick up, um, and so you know, it's kind of cool to hear them speak the language on the practice field and stuff, stuff that they heard in those meetings. You know, so you really know it's resonating with them. Yeah, that yeah, you know how much of an impact they're having because you're you're hearing it come out of their mouths and them taking ownership of it uh, as as their own thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. That's a huge impact. Uh, yeah. Are there, are there any other ways you know outside of that? That I mean, I just still can't get over that. So such an awesome program. Are there any other ways that you feel you make a, a substantial impact as a coach on your players in terms of their their leadership development? Well, you know, I I, I think. As far as the impact, I, I'm very big on accountability with my guys. And, I, and, and unfortunately, I think in our society now, that's something that's lacking in a lot of areas is, is accountability for your actions. Um, you know, it, it's really hard, you know, kind of like we said earlier, as a, as a coach to let a guy go, right? That's the hardest thing you ever have to do. That keeps you up at night. You hate doing it, right? But what are you really teaching the kid if you let him do that stuff and get away with it? And there's no, there's no consequences for anything, right? You're, you might be helping them in the immediate, but you're hurting them in the future. Right. And that's and that's our big thing with our kids. You know, if if you screw up, you know, we have set rules. We I make our guys sign a contract at the beginning of the year that if, you know, X, X and X and Y happens and then Z happens. Right. And, you know, they they know exactly what they're getting into. And we don't wiggle from that. You know, there's there's accountability for everything. And I think some of the best coaches I ever had 
and the stuff I learned the most were from the guys that actually held me accountable. Because I've had coaches, which I'm sure everybody else has too, to where, you know, you do something, you know you screwed up. But, you know, maybe you were a better player on the team or maybe, you know, maybe you had a good relationship with the guy and it was kind of swept under the rug a little bit or looked by, you know, looked past. And uh, I think the biggest thing that our coaching staff does to our players to benefit them as far as taking a leadership position and taking responsibility is holding them accountable. It's hard, but, you know, it's something that you have to do. Yeah, it it is hard. It's another one of those hard things you have to do as a leader, either as a captain or a coach. But well, yeah, and and that was a, that was a hard thing from when I when I went from an assistant job to a head job. You know, when when you're an assistant, it's a little more the dynamics different, right? You know, it's a you're you're more friendly with the players. You're more buddy buddy with the players. You know, you you listen because all the players always like to complain about the head coach. That's just how yeah. it is, right? And uh, you know, as you're the assistant, you take all those conversations. And then, uh, you know, my first head job, I was 20 seven so yeah 27 and so you know I was coaching guys that are only four years younger than me in some cases right and it there was a little bit of the uh I, I want to be liked yep you know and and that was hard for me that and I you know I'll be the first to admit that you know my first year as a head coach that, that was really hard for me um you know I, I wanted to be liked by my guys I wanted I didn't want my guys to not like me you know I I, I didn't want that and uh that was that was a mistake but you know obviously we all learn from everything um so now you know, I realize, you know, if I'm, if I really do love my guys and I really am passionate about their well-being and I care about them, you know, sometimes they're not going to like me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah. And that's, again, you know, the, the challenges of being, being a leader, but I think accountability, and I would agree with you, you know, it is one of those things that is, it seems to be going towards the wayside and it should yeah. be first and, first and foremost, you know, you got to be accountable for what you do. If you are like you said, if you just start letting people do things and not have any consequences for them, either positive or negative, they're never going to learn a lesson from that and continue making these mistakes in the real world where it's right. really going to hurt. And, right. and I think that's a, it's a good, a good message to drive home and a, and a big impact on your players. Um, you know, it reminds me of uh, a good book out there, uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Jocko. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, so, um, just like that. Uh, outside of the the impact, who are the two best captains you've ever coached or you played with, and what made them so great? Man, that's a great question. Um, well, I'll, I'll say one. You know, I, I also I was very fortunate. Um, in addition to baseball in college, I played college football as well, and uh, I played. Uh, we had a middle linebacker my my last two years named Billy Went. Um, we I played at uh, Graceland University for football, and uh, Billy. You know, Billy was a guy who he was he wasn't one of the rah rah guys, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's different types of leaders. You know, that's why I tell my guys all the time: you don't just have to be a you know a rah rah guy to be a leader. You know, it's not all about being vocal all the time. Um, you know, Billy was one of those guys where he worked in addition to playing. Which, if you know, as obviously you know how hard it is to be a student athlete as it is college student athlete. Um, and then he worked on top of it. He was, you know, 30 minutes early to everything. He, he was just the best leader by example I've ever been around. And he was one of those guys where I knew when we had incoming freshmen coming in, he would go out of his way to make those guys feel comfortable. You know, it's scary when you're an incoming freshman. You, you're away from your parents for the first time. You know, you're away from your, your familiarity of friends and hometown and all that good stuff. And, mm-hmm. and Billy was just the guy that I, I'm not going to and, go and say that he did anything that I've never seen before. But he did he did all the right things 
And, uh, you know, and it was just, it was genuine. And that was the biggest thing is genuine. You can tell he loved his teammates. Um, and you can tell that he appreciated the situation he was in to be a college football player. And, uh, you know, I, I would say Billy Wynn was probably one of the guys that I really respected. Yeah, um, that's yeah. great. I think, I think a lot of times people do get caught up with the whole rah-rah leadership. Uh, yeah. And, and a lot of times, more often than not on this show, when I ask that question, the answer is someone who was not the rah-rah guy. And it was someone right. who was, uh, didn't get a whole lot of playing time. And it was someone, yeah. like you said, that just was the – best leader by example that they'd ever been around and like you said again it, it's not like they were doing anything that they'd never seen before but it's they did a lot of the right things if not yes. all of the right things all the time right and, and even in you know and with Billy you know obviously you're in college you have social life you go out and do things and you know even in those those social aspects there was never you know Billy's the Billy's the best player in our football team but you know he would he would hang out with the kid who hadn't seen a minute of play all field right. all, a minute of play on the field all year, and he would act like there was never a superiority complex with it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, and I think that's the biggest thing too. You know, guys, you know, and I when I preach to to our guys all the time when we're going to be good when our guy that has never played an inning and our guy that has played every inning feel like they're the same guy. They're yeah. equal on the team, and yeah. that's such a big deal. And that happens that a lot of that happens away from us coaches, right? That happens at the, at, you know, at the get-togethers, the parties and all that stuff and the social life. You know, when those kids feel like they're equals, that's when a team really clicks and really runs. Yeah, yeah, when everyone realizes they have value to the team and they just – they add to the team in different ways. Absolutely. It's necessarily, it, it's necessarily equal. Um, it's just not the exact same way. So I think that's great. It's a great message and a great, a great mentality to have you know, a good little endpoint for you, a little measuring stick to have. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, you asked for two. And I, I would say the second guy, um, I had a young man I coached uh, when I started at the, at the high school ranks. Mm -hmm. um, he's actually in college now um, at Louisiana Tech. And uh, his name's Philip Matuya. And, uh, and it's very much the same as, as Billy. It, it's just a guy who, you know, he just went out of his way to make everybody feel important. And I, I think that's one of the biggest aspects of leader outside of holding other guys accountable and, you know, making sure you're leading by example and all the good stuff, but just making guys feel important and feel like, like we just talked about, like they're all a part of the, something bigger than themselves. No, that's great. And it, again, you know, you said it better than I can, you know, that's just a, a, another important aspect of, of being a leader is making sure that, you have included everyone who is on your team right feel like they bring value because they do at the end of the day they do because if they didn't you would be making that other hard that other hard decision yeah. and letting them go well that's all guys if, if if you if you measure your value as a human being by your efficiency in a sport or proficiency in the sport you're doing it wrong right you know you right. are you know i'm 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 clay who played baseball i'm not I'm not just a baseball player, right? I just happen to play baseball. That that happens to be what I do. Yeah. But my value as a human isn't wrapped up in my performance on the field, and 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 that's hard for a lot of kids to separate. And that was hard for me as a player. Um, you know, if I if I had a I, I was a pitcher. If I had a great outing, man, I felt like I you know I was on top of the world. Everything was great. But right. if I went out and I gave up you know five runs and two innings, I felt like you know I'm I'm a terrible son. I'm a bad you know I'm I'm ugly and all yeah. that good stuff. 
Yeah. And uh, and that's I think and I think that's what good leaders do is they help those guys realize, look, hey, look, you just you suck today. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> that happens, man. Yeah. It, you know, it happens. Yeah, and you'll have another opportunity tomorrow to not suck. So exactly, exactly. Yeah, not having your your entire identity tied to your athletic performance for sure. That's, it's a hard separation to have sometimes. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, we've all been there. So. Yeah. For sure. What other, I know you got, uh, got to go here in a minute to get to dinner, but I just got a couple yeah. of questions for you. You're good. You know, what other advice do you have uh, for team captains or coaches looking for guidance and leadership development? I, 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 the biggest thing I can just say, and I think this goes for any aspect in life, but it, learn, don't ever feel like you know everything. Yeah. Um, I constantly, I think, I think what drives me every day is a fear of inadequacy. I don't ever want to be inadequate. Like I always feel like, because so, I know for a fact that I'm not even close to being re- remotely the top coach in the country, not, e- not even remotely close. And I know that. And, you know, the day I think I am, the day I think I have it all figured out as a leader and as a, as a baseball guy is the day that I'm, I'm lying to myself. Right. And so I just, the biggest thing for me is constantly learn, read, ask mm-hmm. questions. Don't, don't think, don't, don't be too proud to, to ask things that you even think are stupid. I mean, look, I'm I'm a head coach and heck I'll go, you know, to a little league dad if he's coaching the team and says, Hey, why do you, why did you do that there? You know, and I might, I might learn something that, yeah. from him. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's, you know, I, I love reading. I, I love watching, um, you know, guys speak at like these conventions. I'm at, I'm at, like you said, I'm at the baseball convention. You know, I try to catch every single speaker that I can. And, you know, I, I just feel like there's a wealth of knowledge and information and I can't, there's no way in my lifetime I'll be able to attain all of it but I'm, I'm going to try like heck to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great piece of advice for, for everyone out there. And, and just really that nice little check in your head. Once you think you've got it, you, you know, you probably need to reevaluate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a recalibration needs to happen. Right. Right, right. Definitely some self-awareness. Needs to yes. Be evaluated. But I, it's, it's been a common, a common answer on the show to, to just continue learning and, and figuring out what you don't know, because, you know, you, you most of the time you don't even know what you don't know. It, that's and, right. And like you said, you know, you could ask a, a little league coach and you might, you might find a little tidbit. Um, Man, there's, there's always, there's, I, I promise you, there's everybody knows something that you don't. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, and then coach, uh, you know, my favorite question, cause it's always a different answer. Uh-huh. What is your definition of leadership? Oh, man, that's a, that is a great question. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things that encompass it, but I, I think being genuine that that that's the biggest thing. Being being genuine, um, not don't don't try to make your program, don't try to make yourself as a coach and as a person and as a somebody in a relationship, someone you're not. Um, I think when you can do that, I think you can really look yourself in the mirror and 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 be confident with where you're taking people. Um, you know, I think sometimes, and I did this early on as a coach where, you know, you want to, like in the baseball world, you might not know who this name is, but Augie Garrido, who used to coach at Texas, you know, I used to want to be Augie Garrido. I mean, I, you know, I used to want to be the guy who was, you know, screaming and yelling and guys were almost a little bit afraid of and all that. That's not who I am. Right. That's, that's not who I am. And the more I pretended to be that guy, the, the less authentic I became and the, the worse, the worse off as a leader I was. Um, so I think when I, when I kind of came to the, Hey, look, you're, you're not that screaming guy. You know, you're the guy who, you know, you need to be kind of even keel and calm. That's who you are as a coach. And that's, and I became a better coach after that because guys could tell, like you said earlier, it's, it was authentic. 
and and when it's more genuine and authentic uh guys will buy into it more yeah for sure and i think that's a good a good focus in leadership and and definitely something that it really boils down to is just that genuine authenticity yeah and, and just being aware of yourself lining up with with your actions who you really are and you know one of the tenets of leadership we have with the captain's coach is that leadership is a form of self-expression and that yes it's exactly what it comes down to so i think it's a, it's a great answer to that question and then awesome. my my last one before i yeah. let you go off to dinner is uh what is, a, what is a book you often recommend to, to your players or or other coaches yeah there's a couple uh couple one I mentioned earlier energy bus mm-hmm. um you know that's and I'm sure there's I'm sure other people have mentioned that book and that book if you've never read it before is just I mean tremendous it's a very simple book mm-hmm. um but uh, the concept is is awesome you know there's basically you know you're either you're either a energy giver or you're an energy vampire you're either you know you're either providing and, and adding to something or you're sucking the life out of something and um that's something we always try to preach to our guys don't be a, you know an energy vampire and, uh, you know, the other thing, this is a little more baseball specific here, so forgive me for the non-baseball guys, but uh, there's, a, there's a book called Bless You Boys by Sparky Anderson, who was, uh, he was the manager for the Detroit Tigers throughout the 80s. And uh, that book is basically his diary. He kept a diary in the 1984 season when they won the World Series. And uh, they, they were actually in first place from day one of the season until the, they won the World Series. They never lost that first place in the American League. Wow. And, uh, and it's, it's in a day-to-day diary of every day of that season from him. But I think it's unique because Sparky was known to, to just be guys gravitated towards him mm-hmm. um, as a manager. And so you kind of got into his head and, you know, you could see the ebbs and flows of his personality and his frustration and how he handled things. And he was mad at guys, you know, the internal kind of like, how do I handle this? And I, I think one, it, it, it shows you that you're not alone. Like when you think you, you're on TV and you're watching these great, you know, I went, I went to Michigan State, so Izzo, and, you, you know, you're watching these, these great coaches and everything coach, and you think they just have it all figured out naturally, right? You don't ever think those those internal conflicts that you go through. And I think it was, it was refreshing and relieving to see the internal conflicts that he went through throughout the season, as well as, you know, how he, how he ultimately handled them. And right. so I think right. I, got a, I got a lot of insight from that book on just how he went about his business. No, that'll, be, that'll for sure be good for anybody. I mean, yeah, uh, I'm interested. I'd never heard of it, but I'm glad you glad you brought it up because that I, first thing in my head, yeah, you really humanizes them. Well, it, it, absolutely, it, and it was kind of unique too. And there, there was a he lost his uh, father during that season. He was really close to his father, and it, it kind of shows in that season how you know how he handles that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and and you know, it, that's obviously one of the hardest things anybody ever has to go through is losing a parent, and you know, he's in the middle of the season, has, he has a job to do, you know, so it kind of shows, you know, how he handles those big life, you know, we're always going to get those big situations in life that we have to overcome and have to deal with, um, because they're inevitable, they happen, and it kind of just showed how he processed the whole thing and how he went through it, so it was pretty cool. Awesome, yeah, well, I'll definitely throw both of those in the show notes for, for listeners, you can find them. Um, definitely. But I'll let you go here, coach. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your, out of your busy travel day here. And, and oh man, absolutely. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, enjoy it. Enjoy your dinner. Enjoy the rest of the convention. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to the captain's coach podcast with Luke Poulos. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition 
of the Captain's Coach Podcast.